Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. I needed a few seconds more so that I could clean my glasses. <laughs> Let me tell you a quick story before we get to the reading and teaching of God's word. Um, Liesl and I, for many years, stayed in Benoni. We lived in the center of our suburb, a suburb called Crystal Park. There were two ways, thanks bud, there were two ways to get to our house. The one way, let's call it the Broadway, although in this case the Broadway isn't a negative statement. The Broadway, it was just a normal road, it was tarred, it was comfortable drive. Uh, it took a little bit longer, which is relevant to this particular story. The other road, was like a shortcut, and it was potholed. And when I say potholed, I mean potholes the size of buses. It was practically un... what's the right word? Navigable. Um, it was just... A, it was a terrible, terrible drive. The problem was, if you had a GPS, and your GPS was set to shortest route, it would always take you past the horse farm, which had all of the potholes in front of it. Two paths. One, the path you want to take, and the second path, a wretched, wretched drive. This morning, we're not in the morning, <laughs> this evening, we're going to be looking at two paths, two ways, two journeys that you can take. And we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 4, continuing our series through the book of Proverbs, we found ourselves in the fourth chapter, and we're going to be completing the fourth chapter this evening, beginning at the 10th verse and going through to the 27th verse. Can I tell you what the big idea is, even before I read it? That way you kind of have an idea of what you're looking for. The big idea this evening is choose Christ to be saved from darkness and transformed into his kingdom of light. Choose Christ to be saved from darkness and transformed into his kingdom of light. And this evening I am feeling Baptist. I have a three-point sermon for the first time in a while. Praise the Lord. The text provided it. Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 10 to verse 13 is the way of the wise. Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 14 to verse 19 is the way of the wicked. And then... Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 20 to verse 27 is the fork in the road. Well, let's start reading from verse 10. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, verse 14. And do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on in it, turn away from it, and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. 
They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of the wicked and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, in verse 20, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right. Or to the left, turn your foot away from evil. Just so far in the reading of God's word. Can we pray as we come to the teaching? Indeed, Lord God, this evening we would see Jesus, such a practical text of wisdom. And yet in it, surely, he who is all-wise a gift to this world, the very representation of wisdom to us. Surely he is here. Help us to find him, make him clear. Help us to see the cross. I ask this, Lord God, that you might be glorified in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I said three points, and the first point was the way of the wise. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10 to verse 13. Let me tell you what I'm going to say to you in these few verses, and then I'll say to you what the verses say. I'm going to tell you that wise counsel must be received and applied that your life journey may be consecrated and smooth. That's the, the big picture in these few verses. Let me read it one more time and then we'll work through that sentence. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. That sentence again, maybe you saw it all even before I say it. Wise counsel must be received and applied that your life journey may be consecrated and smooth. Firstly, wise counsel. We see a father counseling his son. You might remember from last week, he was talking to his sons, plural. Um, But this week, he goes back to the singular, which is why we start the sermon in verse 10. Um, But we see three pieces of counsel being given in these few verses. 
he, he talks about his words in verse 10. He says that he has a teaching in verse 11, and he says, keep hold of my instruction in verse 13. I want to remind you of the definition of biblical wisdom that I gave you last week. If you're taking notes, this is something you might want to jot down. Wisdom is the right application of the right knowledge at the right time. Wisdom is the right application of the right knowledge at the right time. And this father gives wise counsel to his son. And this wise counsel must be received. You see that in verse 10. Hear. Hear, my son. Pay attention to what I am saying and accept what I am saying. This wisdom requires a willing disposition. This wisdom requires a submissive subordination. This wisdom requires an active cooperation. Wise counsel must be received and applied. Guys, it's crazy. Last week, my favorite piece that I wanted to convey to you, my eyes skipped over, and it was the point I'm about to make to you now. I've said that wise counsel must be received and applied. Here's a wonderful quote which I found during my studies. Friends, wisdom must be exercised. It must be intentionally sustained. Many things in life are lost, not because they are intentionally let go, but because they are not purposely kept. You know, that is such gold. I'm going to repeat it so that you've got time to write it all down for those of you taking note. We're talking about wise counsel must be received and applied. And the quote is this, wisdom must be exercised. It must be intentionally sustained. Many things in life are lost, not because they are intentionally let go, but because they are not purposefully kept. Wise counsel must be received and applied that your life journey. That idea of life is repeated in two places in our text. It says in verse 10, the years of your life may be many, and in verse 13, for she is your life. What's he talking about here? Life is often used as a synonym um, and often given synonyms in scripture, words like walk. Uh, Today we might say journey. Uh, This idea of all of our progress through this life that we are living. In other words, if this wisdom, these wise words, this counsel from father to son is both heard and applied, your life journey will be affected. Well, How will it be affected? In two ways in the text before us. The first way is given to us in verse 11, and it's that it may be consecrated. Your life may be consecrated. It says in verse 11, I've taught you the way of wisdom. Well, what way is that? I've led you in paths of uprightness. Uprightness. The man used by God 
must be set apart by God. The man used by God must be dedicated to God. The man of God must be a man who is upright. And if wise counsel is heard and applied, your life journey will be changed in this way. You will be consecrated to God. But not only that, your journey will be smooth. Your journey will be smooth. Read verse 12 together with me. When, this is a temporal statement, when you walk, this is your journey, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Got to make a note about Proverbs. Proverbs are generally observed truths, not statements of divine fact. And so for some of you, you're going, but hang on, I listen to wisdom. I hear wisdom. I apply wisdom in my life. My life is not skewed. It's all over the place at the moment. What is happening? Is there something wrong with me or is God's arm too short? And the answer is no. Generally, as God's people apply this piece of wisdom into their lives, they will experience a smooth life. The upright generally experience long, happy, abundant lives, except when they don't. (laughs) And Proverbs speaks to that too. We'll be talking about that in later weeks. That's the first point. But let me apply it before we move on. And I want to apply it to new converts that are here this evening. That doesn't mean that if you're not a new convert, you get to tune out right now, but specifically to new converts. I want to point out to you that you must listen to and you must actively believe sound sources. There's two wells in this life that you can draw on, the well of the world and the well of wise counsel that we find here in Proverbs chapter 4. Draw from the well of sweet water. And then secondly, to those of us who are believers, who have been walking this path for a while, I want to remind you that in this life you must stand firm and be strengthened in the faith. I get these two ideas, by the way, from the uh, imperatives, the commands found from verse 10 to verse 13. And the commands are this, hear and accept. And that's why new converts need to both listen to and accept and believe from sound sources. Uh, But this idea of standing firm for all of us believers, I get from verse 13 where it says, keep hold and guard her. Friends, we need to stand firm in divine wisdom which we have received and applied into our lives. Second point. The first point was the way of the wise. The second point is the way of the wicked. The way of the wicked. And it can be found from verse 14 to verse 19. Let let me give you a a big picture idea of what's going to be happening in that text. We'll read the text. Maybe you'll discover everything even before I get to the end. And then I'll explain it. This is what's happening from verse 14 onwards. Avoid the wicked's way, for they tirelessly seek harmful gain, stumbling around rather than shining brightly. Now let's read the text, beginning at verse 14. Do not enter the path 
of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Don't go on in it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Let's work through that sentence. Avoid. Avoid. Verse 14 and 15 just gives us imperative command after command. Do not what? Enter. And then do not what? Walk. Avoid it. Do not go. Turn away. Pass on. Over and over again, Solomon is telling us to avoid something. You won't drive, for those of you who've got learner's licenses or driver's licenses, you won't drive down a one-way street because you understand the danger and the stupidity, you're laughing, did you do it on a dare? (laughs) And the stupidity of doing that. Why on earth do you flirt with sin? Avoid. Do not go. Turn away. Pass on. Do not enter. Do not walk. Do you understand what Solomon is trying to convey to his son? The wicked's way. Avoid the wicked's way. The wicked's way is discussed in verse 14 and then again at the end in verse 19. It's kind of like a sandwich. It starts at the beginning describing this way and it ends at the end describing this way. It says, do not enter the path of wickedness. Do not walk in the way of evil. And then if you look at verse 19, the way of the wicked is like a deep darkness. That way, remember, is like that journey, that life. Basically, Solomon is telling his son, avoid the lifestyle choices of wicked men. Avoid the wicked's way. Why? Well, here's the ground. Here's the reason from verse 16. For they tirelessly seek. They tirelessly seek. Wickedness is a spiral. It is a spiral which ends up eating all your time, all your energy, all your vitality, and all your life. And it's a spiral in a one-way direction down. Avoid the wicked's way, for they tirelessly uh, seek. It says they cannot sleep. They are robbed of sleep until they have done wrong, unless they have made someone stumble. And the sentence is avoid the wicked's way, for they tirelessly seek harmful gain. There is no such thing as victimless sin. Your sin always affects people. That's what we saw in the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned. 
It affected them and every generation after them. And I'm telling you now, even your secret sin affects you, infects you, and affects the people around you. Avoid the wicked's way, for they tirelessly seek harmful gain, stumbling around. Verse 19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what over what they stumble. It's a picture, not of a potholed road, but it's a picture of a blind man in a room that is filled with dangerous material, not knowing where he ought to go, tripping and falling as he stumbles around, darkened, death trap. Smile on my face. Not so much the way of the righteous. Avoid the wicked's way, for they tirelessly seek harmful gains, stumbling around rather than shining brightly. Read together with me verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Friends, salvation looks like something. Salvation looks like something. If sin infects you and sin affects you well then so does the salvation which comes from God it transforms you it transforms you from one degree of glory to the next brighter and brighter you are described here like the light of dawn for those of you who are believers right now is a great time to say amen praise the Lord hallelujah for the good work that he has done in my life For those of you who hunger and thirst after righteousness but have not found it in yourself, it's time to start to think which path ought you to choose. That's the end of the second point. But let me apply it just before we move on. And one application, it's to believers. It's to those of us who have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And I want to remind you of the repetition of the imperatives and commands found in verse 14 and 15. Do not enter, do not walk, avoid it, do not go, turn away, pass on. Friends, we mustn't trifle with sin. Put a hedge around yourself and avoid the paths of the unrighteous. Well, that's the second point. First point, the way of the wise. Second point, the way of the wicked. Third point, the fork in the road. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 27. Uh, We're going to read it, but before I do, let let me give you the big idea. And I imagine you're going to spot it in the text even before I get around to explaining it. Choose to bury good counsel in your heart and you will live a transformed life choose to bury good counsel in your heart and you will live a transformed life let's read verse 20 and following my son be attentive to my words incline your ear to my sayings let them not escape your sight keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh keep your heart with vigilance for from it flow the springs of life put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk 
far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Choose. Choose. I write to the very last two verses. uh, Verse 26 and 27. You've got this idea of choose right from the beginning. It's an imperative. It's a command. Ponder. Think about. Do not leave here this evening without deciding, will I go to the left or will I go to the right? Will I take the path of darkness or will I take the path of light? Ponder. Choose. This is the value of decision here. Do not let salvation pass you by. Choose what? <laughs> what am I asking you to choose on? Well, choose to bury good counsel in your heart. You can see that most clearly in verse 23, but it's also spoken about a little bit in verse 21. It says, keep them within your heart. That's all that instruction. And then in verse 27, keep your heart with all vigilance. Why? For from it flow the springs of life. The heart isn't cupid with an arrow and a, you know, (laughs) whatever it might be, scribbled in red. Now the heart, when we come to God's word, is the, the seat of our will, the seat of our emotions, the seat of our intellect, the seat of our mind. It's a far more reaching concept, biblically. In other words, what the proverbial writer is saying, what Solomon is saying to us is internalize this wisdom into the deepest part of you. Choose to bury good counsel in your heart. Why? Because you will live a transformed life. From verse 24 all the way to verse 27 we see that. In verse 24, we are told uh, the negative things, that if we have buried in our heart these words of wisdom, we will have the ability to put away from us crooked speech, the ability to put away from us devious talk, the ability to look directly forward and our gaze cast straight before us. That's not the natural man. That's not the carnal man. That's not me. By nature. But the man who has taken these wise words of Scripture and internalized them, buried them deep in his heart so that they inform his life, well, out of him now flows streams of living water. That's the end of the third point. Let me apply it before I wrap up this evening. And I want to apply it to believers in the room. Uh, generally, those of you who have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, let me say, I, I believe, based on the imperatives which run all through this text, the, the, the two main ideas are keep, and then the second one is turn. But just looking at that idea of keep, friends, your walk must match your talk. It's no good saying that you're a believer on a Sunday coming here to church, sitting in the seat, putting up your hands, hallelujah, praise the Lord, clapping along to the choruses, and then going and living like a demon all week long. 
Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a believer. Examine yourself and test whether the faith is in you, truth is in you. But there's a second application, and this is to unbelievers in the room. It would be unwise for me, a preacher, to assume that in a group this size, everyone has placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And so to you, I, I want to talk about this idea of pondering, this idea of turning, this idea of being in darkness, and this idea of being in light. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 19, we read that the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. Is that where you find yourself? You hear of a God who is holy when you come to church, a God who created the heavens and the earth, and you realize that His holiness means that He is set apart from all of creation, but in particular from sin and sinners just like you. Do you find yourself in darkness, in rebellion, set aside, set apart, set against this God whom you hear of? It says in that text that they do not know over what they stumble. Let me tell you what you are stumbling over. Your sin. God, who created the world in untested perfection, created man, Adam and Eve. But rather than worship God for his glory and his awesomeness and his majesty, Adam chose to rebel against God and sinned against him. And through Adam, sin has come to each and every one of us. It's come to you. You know this well. Because you have sinned against God in thought and word and deed and in the things that you have left undone. Your sin rises like a stench in your own nostrils, which is odd because often when you are in the muck, you can't smell the muck. Can you imagine the stench that rises to a holy God as he considers your fallen estate? You have no hope, none at all in and of yourself. Except for this, God came into this world. God came into this world. Jesus Christ, the God-man, lived a life that you could not live and died a death that you could never have died to pay the price of not his own sin, but he paid the price of your sin so that your unrighteousness could be exchanged with his righteousness. Your sinful condition could be given over and his sinless perfection could be given to you. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 we read that he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. How can you be saved? Cast yourself upon the person of Jesus Christ. Believe upon him and you will live. Cry out that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved, transformed, brighter and brighter until you shine like the sun at dawn. If you hunger for that, if you thirst for that, 
it is on offer to you this evening. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This evening we've looked at Proverbs chapter 4 beginning at the 10th verse and reading through to the 27th verse. We looked at three points. The way of the wise, we looked at the way of the wicked, and we looked at the fork in the road. And the main idea that I sought to convey was choose Christ to be saved from darkness and transformed into the kingdom of light. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. It is faithful and true. It is without error, and upon it we can set our entire life, our doctrine, our faith. It is sufficient for all matters, and it is clear. It can be understood, and it points us to Jesus Christ. This evening, Lord God, I pray that we might have seen him ever more clearly. Those of us who are believers, seen him and desired to chase after him going from one brightness to the next, that we might shine like the noonday sun. For those, Lord God, who have not yet placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, would you give them eyes that they might see and a heart that they might believe. Grant them salvation that you might receive all the praise and glory. We ask this in the wonderful name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Savior, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and to the glory of our Father who is in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.